And we're back now with more Reset. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. To make a show like ours every day, there are a lot of people involved, from our producers to our sound engineer. We've got several cooks in the kitchen here on Reset. And the same goes for film and TV production. Those steamy scenes that you see on screen, they don't just happen organically. Actors are coached, and how they're coached matters. It can make the difference between actors feeling comfortable or worse. Jessica Steinrock is the chief executive of Intimacy Directors and Coordinators, and she's worked on shows like Never Have I Ever, Little Fires Everywhere, and Fear the Walking Dead. Welcome to Reset, Jessica. Hey, it's good to be here. So talk to us. What was your introduction to film and theater? Where did this all begin? Oh, man, I've always been a theater kid at heart, kind of through and through. I did, you know, theater all through high school. Uh, In college, I actually kind of pivoted to doing a lot of like improv and stand up comedy. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, that was that was really where my heart lied as a performer. Um, But even my husband is a fight director for theater as well. So uh, performance is just something that has always been in our household. Yeah, I I feel like I've got a little inner theater kid at heart (laughs) as well. (laughs) I feel like we all do, right? Yeah. It's just such a beautiful uh, type of kid. Yeah, so you go from from theater work to, to improv. How do you get to intimacy coordinator? Yeah, I mean, I definitely got uh, really lucky. You had great opportunities at the right time and the right skill sets. You know, everything kind of aligned. Um, but I met a good friend um, and colleague named Alicia Rodis, who was actually the first intimacy coordinator on HBO's season two of a show called The Deuce. So okay. she was the first to hold that title. Um, she's been a close friend of my husband. They knew each other from fight work. We became close because uh, a lot of my research was looking at consent in improv. And as intimacy work continued to develop, I said, hey, how can I help? And as Alicia developed the role of the intimacy coordinator, I got to be trained and she said, hey, we need more folks to do this. And I jumped on board. So you've worked on a number of projects. I want to take a listen to a few of them. Hey, gods, it's Devi Vishwakumar, your favorite Hindu girl in the San Fernando Valley. What's a poppin'? They found evidence of an accelerant. Guys said when they went in, there were uh, little fires everywhere. What does that mean? Well, the fire didn't just happen, it was set. What do you think really happened out there? All I know is that what happened. So, those were clips from Netflix's Never Have I Ever, Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu, and Showtime's Yellow Jackets. I loved these shows, Jessica. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, such good work there. I mean, you've also worked on other shows, like I mentioned, Fear the Walking Dead, Cherish the Day, and Animal Kingdom. What was that like to work on these massive projects? I mean, what an incredible opportunity with some of the most amazing artists I've had the opportunity to collaborate with. And what I can also say that I've just been immensely grateful for is how the people on those teams have been overwhelmingly excited to work with this brand new role. I mean, anytime there's going to be a new position that steps onto set, there's change, there's confusion, there's curiosity. And some people can choose to interact with that change from a place of defensiveness. And I will say overwhelmingly, I have had amazing experiences of folks who are excited to learn about this role, learn how they could support this role, ask for what they needed from me so I could better support them. And truly the goal being to create amazing art and tell great stories. Yeah. So so ground us in why doing intimacy coaching, why that's so important. And then on the flip side, what can go wrong? 
<laughs> yeah. So, you know, you mentioned a little bit that intimacy work is often compared to stunt work in that, you know, stunts, no one actually is punching each other in the face. We're just making it look like that. And that's a matter of physical safety. And in general, I think we as a society kind of understand that physical safety matters, particularly at the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to scenes of intimacy, there just hasn't really been the levels of structured support that we're seeing now. Um, you know, if you look before 2018, there's just a lot of um, chance and variability with the way intimate scenes were treated. And so what a lot of this movement really is, is about saying, hey, we actually have the tools to codify a pathway where we can set movements similar to choreography. We can have enhanced modesty garments, barriers, Mm. tools for keeping actors safe that make them feel um, like they uh, have something that's professionally made that gives them dignity that isn't kind of slapped together and that they can have someone in their corner to advocate for them because Hollywood entertainment in general is full of these huge power dynamics Mm -hmm. where it can be really easy to for someone to feel as though they don't actually have agency to say no about something that's going to be happening to them and their body. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of time is money, urgency on set. Uh, well, you, you said you, you said it was left yeah. up to chance, right? And I'm thinking, what was it? A whatever happens, happens type well, of Well, you know, atmosphere? and when I say chance, it was more some productions. You know, there have been amazing directors who have been doing incredible work with intimacy long before intimacy coordinators existed. But then there are some other directors that might have said something like, well, just figure it out. Uh, we're going to improvise it. Do what feels good to you all. I but see. there might not have been space to actually have those conversations about, hey, this doesn't feel great to me. Or can we shift this around? Or here's where my boundary is. There might have even still been questions about what level of nudity was going to be on the show on the day. Mm-hmm. So all of those details are fleshed out much, much earlier in the process I so see. that there are no surprises on set. When I first learned you know, how many people were involved and standing around uh, on TV and film <laughs> sets during intimate scenes, I was kind of surprised by that, Jessica, because for yeah. me, automatically, I was thinking, oh, that would just knock the romance right out of the moment. <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> I mean, is, is that weird? Is it awkward? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, what other job asks I'm glad you, you didn't sugarcoat sex it. with your coworker, right? Right. No. <laughs> We're wearing tape on genitals and padding. You're faking, you know, sounds that are deeply private and personal. It is absolutely a vulnerable experience. Now, just because it's vulnerable doesn't mean it has to be... Um, Uh, you know, threatening or scary or, you know, all of these other things. You also, there's, you don't need to be violated. Those kinds of things. We can, we can separate that, but it's always going to be a little weird, a little awkward, a little funny. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's a strange job. Now, does every production that includes nudity or, or a simulated sex scene, do they all have an intimacy coordinator of some sort? Is this common? Um, most productions do have it at this point. Now it's technically Nowadays. not a mandated role, um, but every pretty much every major television program uh, uses intimacy coordinators for any scene that involves nudity or simulated sex. So, give us a scenario when an actor, for instance, starts to feel uncomfortable. How do you step in? Yeah. So, you know, if if we've set up a series of boundaries where we know, okay, well, here's where hands are going to go, here's where hands aren't going to go, and we see that. Uh, for some reason, whatever reason, and I always try to give benefit of the doubt, right, that the hand has slipped, what I can do is I can step in, we can figure out, okay, well, why, why did that hand slip out of where 
we decided the boundaries were going to be. Maybe it's because they're balancing on one knee and they're like, I just fell. (laughs) Yeah. You know, maybe they forgot that that was actually a boundary we had established, you know, so whatever that obstacle is, we address it. Maybe we do need to shift the choreography because if balance is going to be an issue, well, then let's figure out a different position where balance isn't going to be an issue. So you have more control over where your limbs are going so you can better respect your scene partner's boundaries. Um, if it's just a matter of reaffirming what those boundaries are, recommunicating, clarifying, that's also something that I can help to step in and do. You know, And maybe it's also that, hey, we need you to adjust this position because Right now, where the camera is at, we can clearly tell that it's not actually happening. But if you shift your hips just slightly to the right, then the illusion is going to play much more realistically. Uh, I see. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking with Jessica Steinrock, who's an intimacy coordinator working with actors and film production teams to create safe spaces during intimate scenes that are involving things like nudity, hyperexposure, or simulated sex as part of our Chicago Innovators series. Um, So, Jessica, back to this conversation here on boundaries, right? Um, Do you feel like you are adding to a larger conversation around consent during intimate moments? I hope so. I think as a society, there's a lot of stigma attached to discussing intimacy, um, boundaries, consent even. And a lot of times consent only comes uh, into conversation when we're talking about real world sexualized encounters. What I believe we as uh, an entertainment industry, as a society can continue to strive for is that consent and boundaries are just part of how we relate to each other and how we respect each other in everyday situations. This, uh, this role, intimacy coordinator, it's become more popular, as you mentioned, in the last few years. I'm thinking especially with this rise uh, of the, the Me Too movement that we've seen. Mm-hmm. So can you talk more about that and, and what effects you are seeing now that we're injecting this uh, position a lot more on TV and film sets? Yeah, I mean, and as I kind of talked about, too, like there have been people that have been doing work kind of similar to intimacy coordinators for a long time, just not necessarily in a codified specific way. Yeah. And with that title. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that like 2016, 2017 um, timeframe where we had the backdrop of a viral Me Too movement that, again, has foundations long before it went viral. And we also have the Harvey Weinstein uh, situation happening. And even in Chicago, there was a large expose about profiles theater. There's these conversations in the media talking about power dynamics, consent, autonomy, agency. And those conversations continued to highlight the need for more support and more structures that can mitigate some of the negative dynamics we see with an industry that has such strong power dynamics. Yeah. And so, you know, after Alicia's, especially after Alicia's incredible work in 2018 with The Deuce, um, there was a big uh, article about that in Rolling Stone. And HBO immediately stepped in and said, hey, we're going to have an intimacy coordinator from here on out on every set mm. that has these scenes. That's good. And that statement was huge in making this work more normalized. What else needs to be done in your view? More of that, what you just described from HBO, for instance? Yeah, I would love to see, you know, more folks really coming out um, and, and saying that, though in action, that is already happening. 
I also just think we need generally more education about how this role functions so that we all have a better common vocabulary. There's a lot of work right now, you know, when I walk onto a set to really advocate for what my job does, what I need to do my best work, etc. And I would love to see us as an industry just get a little bit more education about what some of the new policies are. Mm-hmm. SAG-AFTRA, you know, the Actors Union has released some new guidelines in 2020. And just continued education, I think, is going to be a huge part of this. Well, one place that you're educating folks, that's on TikTok. I hear you are <laughs> right. super active there, right? Where, where can folks find you on TikTok? Uh, folks can find me at Intimacy Coordinator. It should be pretty easy. At Intimacy Coordinator, where you're covering a lot of topics related to your job, and, and you've got a, a huge following, which is fantastic. Uh, before I let you go, Jessica, tell us any projects that you're working on. Anything new that you can tease? Yeah, you know, in line with that education, um, I work, I'm the CEO of a company called Intimacy Directors and Coordinators, where we do a ton of outreach and education. Um, We're working on releasing some really cool and exciting classes and opportunities for people, both inside the entertainment industry and outside the entertainment industry, to learn more about how this stuff works. You know, both for, again, folks that want to do this as a job, but also for folks who just love spicy TV like I do. (laughs) Jessica Steinrock is the chief executive of Intimacy Directors and Coordinators. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.